Curious City is supported by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in the day, how would you use it? BetterHelp Online Therapy can help you figure out what's most important to you so you can prioritize it. Learn to make time for what makes you happy. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Curious City today to get 10% off your first month. This WBEZ podcast is supported by Hacia, whose Executive Fellows Program provides Black and Latinx business owners with real-world tools and strategies needed to master fundamental management concepts related to company stability and growth. Registrants learn through one-on-one executive coaching sessions with subject matter experts in the areas of finance, business development, operations, and legal. More info at HACIAWorks.org. It's Curious City from WBEZ. Hey, it's Curious City editor Alexandra Solomon, and today we're bringing you part two of our special series on education in the time of COVID. And it's Thanksgiving, so later we take a moment to hear what you're grateful for. Last week, with the help of WBEZ's education team, we heard stories of what it's been like for people trying to adjust to school during a pandemic. For a teacher dealing with burnout. The screen time, it is insane. And a mom trying to make ends meet and keep her young kids in front of a screen. It's better if they go to school, but it's not safe right now. Yeah. But this school year has presented all kinds of challenges for older students as well. Everything from college entrance exams to figuring out how to stay safe while living on campus. So today, we're checking in on those students. For the past few months, education reporter Susie Ahn has been following two high schoolers as they navigate their junior year a year where there's a lot at stake when it comes to getting into college. Leslie Gomez is a junior at Zion Benton Township High School in Chicago's northern suburbs, and Jordan King goes to Naperville North High School. I started our conversation by asking Susie, why these two teens? So I wanted to talk to a student at a well-resourced school and a student at a school that has less funding. And I wanted to see how access to resources is affecting remote learning, you know, especially when it comes to helping students through the whole college application process, which really starts in earnest junior year. And that's how I landed on Jordan at Naperville North High School, um, that's in the wealthy suburb of Naperville, and Leslie at Zion Benton, which is a more working class area. And it quickly became clear that Leslie and Jordan weren't thinking about resources. They're just trying to make it through a really strange year. So tell me about the student at the school with less resources. Tell me about Leslie. Yeah, she's a very gentle, soft-spoken kind of girl, you know, shy, um, but very close to her family. And um, over the summer, both of Leslie's parents actually contracted COVID. Uh, First, her father, who didn't really seem to have too many symptoms You know, at most it was a cough, so it wasn't too bad. But then her mother got it, and it was more serious for her. So they had to separate everyone in the house. Uh, Leslie watched over her siblings downstairs, and then her dad, who wasn't in so bad shape, uh, was taking care of her mother upstairs. Here's Leslie. And he was the one who basically went to bring my mom food, and, like, we were never, like, allowed upstairs until after she was, like, better. But yeah, we were kind of glad that it it was all over before school started because it would have been a little bit tougher for us. 
Yeah, so Leslie is the oldest of three kids, and since her parents got sick, she and her family have been pretty cautious. Uh, So Leslie doesn't go out much. Um, She spends most of her time at home. We kind of watch TV. We tried to play board games, but then after a while, it kind of got boring. So all I really did was watch TV. So now that school has started, how has that been going for her? You know, I think there is a certain novelty to the first few days or weeks of school. So she got up early, you know, she got up early, prepared herself, got breakfast and logged into class. But the novelty has worn off, sort of like uh, hours and hours of class on the screen. Uh, Don't love it. But hey, I get to just kind of um, hang out in bed. Don't even have to have my camera on. (laughs) You know, she says, yeah, I mean, people have always told her junior year is really hard and you've, you've got to hunker down. For her, she, she looks at it in a different way. She says it's tough. It is tough right now. But she thinks that it's actually tough for everybody. Yeah, honestly, like it's hard for everyone, especially since we're doing like a lot of work online and it gives a little bit more. So right now my sister gets like a lot of work if she's only a freshman. So I feel like this year isn't hard just for the junior book for everyone. All right, tell me about the other student you've been following, Jordan. What What's she like? So Jordan is a very outgoing, go-getter type of teen. Um, she's got a lot of extracurriculars. Uh, she's not letting the pandemic stop her social life. And um, here's how she describes herself as a student. I really, during school, I get really anxious about everything. And so staying on top of my work definitely makes me feel better. So for Jordan, she is also doing remote schooling. Um, and, uh, you know, she wasn't so sure about it at first. It's it's just, you know, hours again, hours and hours online. Uh, recently, her school switched to a block schedule where there are days where it's asynchronous. So she's not logged in, but she's got assignments that she's doing. And, you know, she, she seems to be really thriving in this kind of schedule. But, you know, she's also a typical teen, and um, I remember in high school not really being into gym class, and uh, when you're remote, I'm sure that's um, probably even more of a drag, and this is sort of how uh, Jordan describes it. During class, um, we do, like, breathing techniques, or it's Pilates or something like that, and honestly, I, I she tells us to, like, turn our cameras off, so I don't think anybody's doing it. I mean, I've done a couple, but, like, sometimes I won't, so... <laughs> But for the most part, Jordan is a pretty engaged student. You know, she's someone who will get up early and will even grab breakfast with a friend before class. She's got a little desk set up under her lofted bed. And Jordan is also super busy outside of class. You know, she's got a number of student panels she's on. She has a part-time job at a teen center. She just has a lot of extracurriculars, which, you know, are pretty key to getting into college. And Jordan has always heard junior year is a very critical year for your high school career. You know, it has a lot of influence on your post-graduation life. But Jordan says, you know, as things have been going, it feels a lot easier and more manageable than maybe it normally would have been if school was all in person. And in some ways, she actually prefers online school. And what about Leslie then? Well, as far as college prep, uh, Leslie really hasn't heard from counselors about post-graduation plans, you know, thinking about college. She's pretty busy with an after-school job in an ice cream shop. And besides, she tells me she's focused on the problems of right now. You know, sure, I want to go to college at some point, but I can't think about that right now. So after spending several months with these kids, 
What are your biggest takeaways as far as, you know, how the pandemic is affecting them? Yeah, you know, going into it, I I guess I was expecting to find a dramatic difference between a well-resourced school and a school that doesn't have as many resources. But I'm finding that it was sort of the same story before the pandemic. You know, I can't really say for sure if the pandemic is having a dramatic effect on it. For a student like Jordan going to a well-resourced school, I mean, you know, she's doing as maybe we would see her do in a typical year. And the same goes for Leslie. I think we might have seen her in a very similar situation had we not had the pandemic. You know, the question of resources has always been there. And now that we've got this pandemic, it's still a question. But I think we've just shifted how people, how students, how schools are handling it. But, you know, we're not even done with this semester yet. And, you know, the pandemic is going to keep going. So we'll see where Leslie and Jordan go next. While Leslie and Jordan make their way through junior year, reporter Kate McGee has been talking to students who graduated high school during the pandemic. And now they're college freshmen. Kate's been keeping up with several of these freshmen, and she shared some of their stories with me. She started by telling me about Ismael, who's currently on campus at Colorado College. Ismael is a very outgoing, funny guy who uh, graduated high school here in Chicago and always knew that he wanted to leave for college. I want to try to leave my comfort space. I want to explore new things. I wanted to like leave Chicago. He also wanted to get out of his house and kind of get that freedom. He lives with a multi-generational family of 11 people. So he was like ready to go. And now I'm here in Colorado. He had to, you know, get tested and then was basically allowed to kind of have a quote unquote typical college experience, living in the dorm rooms, meeting friends, you know, with social distancing. And he's not having any classes in person. So he's still taking classes from his dorm room, like many students, but he's still able to kind of be on his own and try new things. But Colorado College, pretty quickly on, once the semester started, had cases popping up on campus. And so he and everyone else got an email one day early in the semester saying, Quarantining starts at 12. It was like 11. At noon today, everyone in these three on-campus dorms have to quarantine in place for two weeks. And that meant... I have to stay in my bedroom. The only reason I could leave my dorm is if I want to go fill up my water bottle or if I need to go use the bathroom or if I need to go take a shower. I think about, like, my own college dorm room, and I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, spending two weeks in that would be insane. We do have an hour outside. What do you do in that hour? Lay on the grass. (laughs) (laughs) We're not allowed to do exercise. The school every day came over and brought like bags of three meals a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Comes with water, juice, um, soda. Like I know they gave me a fruit roll-up, animal crackers, chips, an apple. Is it good? I don't want to say anything. <laughs> but anyway, they gave us three meals a day. So it sounds like being on campus hasn't always been easy. Yeah. But what about college students doing it remotely? I think for the students who are still at home in their childhood bedrooms, this doesn't really feel like college at all. 
you know, the student who is attending the University of Illinois at Chicago, her name is Julia. One thing she did to kind of cope with the fact that she was starting college without actually leaving her home was she completely redid her childhood bedroom. This room was bright pink and magenta before. So I was like, okay, we are remodeling my room just so I kind of have like a fresh start. She used to do like pageants as a girl. And so she like got rid of all these trophies and like stuff that was kind of reminding her of being a kid. I can't live like this anymore. (laughs) She painted the walls like gray and got these like fairy lights. It looks much more like a college dorm room. Everything's simple. There's not a pinkalicious vibe going on. Like everything's kind of like, okay, more, a little bit more adult, like a little bit less childhood fantasy. But she also has questions about whether all the money she's paying is worth it. Obviously, they made us pay fees for like the rec center and for like faculty maintenance and stuff like that. And like for the library, all these things that she's not getting any use of this semester, but still paying for and wondering, like, why am I having to pay for this? It's just kind of like you're paying for what seems like glorified YouTube videos. But a lot of students are really, even if they're not completely thrilled with the conditions that prevail, they are really trying to make the best of it. They understand what they're missing and they seem to kind of mourn that. But they also are the same group of kids who missed out on prom and missed out on their high school graduations and didn't really get closure from their high school experience. And I think for the students on campus, you know, they've just spent five or six months at home during the pandemic and any sort of taste of freedom is is worth it. Sure. And I think I've been surprised and a little like heartened by just how well they're all adapting to um, their situations. The final student that I've been following, her name's Elizabeth She's from the Chicago suburbs and is attending University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. And she was also, you know, very adamant that she wanted to get out of the house and have that freedom of being on campus and also felt, you know, like she would just focus better being in a dorm. And she kind of brought this up to me that my entire life really hasn't been a traditional experience. Everything's been different than it was supposed to be. This generation in particular, you know, They were born just after 9-11 and we've always been told like, oh, before 9-11, everything was so nice. You didn't have to go through like all this security at the airport and you just like lived in like the 90s. The world was so different. Things were easier. And now another big moment that she's been looking forward to was kind of taken away from her high school graduation, the start of college. And so they're just like a They have a different mindset about the world being less of a guarantee. And I think that that's made them be a little bit more resilient. So I feel like I've kind of been used to it because it's been happening my entire life. So what's freshman year of college or senior year of high school, you know? Okay, so do you have a sense of what happens next in the academic year? For those who are on campus across the country, most schools are ending in-person college right at the Thanksgiving break. So students will go home and continue their fall semester from home for the next few weeks until winter break. Ismael is going to stay on campus through Thanksgiving to kind of prevent 
maybe bringing COVID back to his own family that might be immunocompromised. So there, you know, there's always exceptions to how students are dealing with this. But I think seeing how students handle kind of the return home and then the return possibly back for the spring semester is still kind of an outstanding question. And also just the fact that it's getting colder and we're not going to be able to go outside as much. I think there is a lot of concern about the winter months and how colleges are going to be able to handle that and keep cases down. So a lot to kind of be determined as the months go on. Thanks to Kate McGee for that reporting. And thanks to the whole WBEZ education team for making this series possible. And speaking of thank yous, this week, Curious City's Monica Ang checked back in with several question askers and some of the experts who've helped answer your questions. And she asked them what they're grateful for this Thanksgiving. That's next. Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience, I'll tell you that. (laughs) I discovered authors I had never heard of, and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. I'm Curious City reporter Monica Eng. And it has been a tough year. But here at Curious City, we've gotten through it because of you, our listeners, and the experts that help answer your questions. Today, we're checking back in with a bunch of people we've met this year and asking them something you might have heard around the Thanksgiving table. So can you tell me, what are you thankful for this year? I thought about this a couple days ago, and I had a few good things, and now I should have written them down. Um... First, we talked to Elmhurst gardener extraordinaire Nicole Virgil. She's been fighting to legalize backyard hoop houses in Illinois, which can grow veggies well into the winter. It hasn't happened yet, but she says there's still plenty to be thankful for this year. Oh, okay. I remember. Okay. So we are still eating potatoes and leeks. And uh, that means potato leek soup and scalloped potatoes with leeks. So I'm really grateful for the abundant bounty this year. Next up, we checked in with Ricardo Sermont. He and his wife, Marcella, had twin boys this year. And they asked us about the safety of family visits during the pandemic. Marcella appreciates the warm fall weather that allowed family and friends to visit outdoors. And Ricardo appreciates their help. Just being there for us, either through text, um, video chat, or dropping off chocolate chip cookies. Father and son Chris and Evan Robinson asked us last spring why Chicago has so many Thai restaurants. 15-year-old Evan is a big foodie, and when he's not remote learning, you can probably find him cooking. I'm thankful that me and my family have been able to just have fun in the kitchen, uh, been able to just experiment and just try different things that we wouldn't have had time to do otherwise. His dad, Chris, says he's glad his two other kids away at college are staying healthy this fall. They've managed to keep themselves uh, safe and, and, and secure, and it's very tempting to not, but they've done a very good job with that. We talked to Dorian Sylvain about plywood murals earlier this year, and these days the muralist is thankful for her fellow artists. 
We have all been looking out for each other in these crazy COVID times. She's also grateful for support to local artists from the Hyde Park Arts Center. Miguel Blancarte Jr. leads a team called CORE that does community COVID testing in Little Village. He's grateful for his staff and says Thanksgiving is his favorite holiday. And unfortunately, you know, this year I I live alone. I'm single, so I'll spend it alone. Uh, More likely than not, working. Actually, yes, working uh, in addressing this pandemic uh, because even over the weekends and evenings, uh, you know, work for me doesn't stop. Finally, we talked to Bella Gandhi. She's the founder of Chicago Smart Dating Academy, and she helped us on a virtual dating story this year. Bella has found a silver lining to remote romance during COVID times. People are more able to get to know each other on a granular level. It almost goes back to old school courtship versus thinking on the third date, you've got to make out with someone or jump into bed with them. It was great to hear from all these folks again and to know that even during these tough times, there's still a lot to appreciate. A big thank you to all who listen, send us questions, and help answer them. Happy Thanksgiving. Curious City is grateful for the support of the Conant Family Foundation. Thanks, Conant Family. And for all your questions, keep them coming. You can send them our way at wbez.org slash Curious City. We're also grateful for the wonderful production on this episode from Stephen Jackson. Our music is from Blue Dot Sessions. I'm Monica Eng. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts. Before we start the show, we here at Curious City want to let you in on a little-known fact about WBEZ. 89% of all our funding comes from community support, including contributions from curious listeners like you. If this program has changed how you see Chicago, please consider supporting this program at wbez.org curious. Thank you.